Welcome to CAE Pilot Podcast, a podcast that brings together aviation professionals to discuss life as a pilot, training, and career advice. You can find us at cae.com forward slash CAE Pilot dash podcast or subscribe to our show on your audio podcasting platform of choice. You can also find our video podcast on our YouTube channel. Hi there, and welcome to the CAE Pilot Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss something that uh, many pilots will be uh, experiencing um, as a result of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, and that is simulator anxiety. Um, Now, everybody has been going through a certain amount of anxiety, given a very uh, fluid situation, often changing, um, you know, fear of being ill, etc., and um, for pilots, who uh, many of whom have been laid off during this period of time, um, there's a lot of time outside of the flight deck, which triggers um, a number of uh, a number of uh, emotions. I guess anxiety being one of them. To a, I guess, return to the flight back deck, and two, to refer return to flying itself. So today we have. Um, three experts with us, and I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. We have a psychologist, an airline pilot, um, and an instructor with us who are going to uh, help uh, our listeners deal with this anxiety as they uh, head back to work. So maybe I'll start, uh, Caroline, maybe you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Well, yes, uh, my name is Caroline Camps. I got my master's degree in uh, clinical psychology. And um, of course, my expertise lies within the aviation field, so aviation psychology. Um, I work for CAE uh, as an external consultant where I teach as a theoretical knowledge instructor. And then next to that, um, I also uh, perform the interviews with the recruitment selections of the candidates. And uh, Mark? Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Marc Lelievre. Um I've been with CAE for 12 years now as an instructor and uh, as an examiner for four years. And I've been flying for 25 years in total, uh, mainly on 737. And um, Renaud, who I will also say is a great help to the podcast, uh, generating lots of ideas and finding wonderful guests, um, <laughs> as we have with Caroline. And, um, and Mark, so Renaud, maybe you'd like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Patrick. And thank you, Caroline and Mark for joining. It's very kind. Uh, so yes, so I was a CA student. Uh, I graduated in 2012. And uh, then I found uh, a job right after graduation in a Spanish airline flying Boeing 717. Uh, and now I'm flying the Airbus 320 for a main airline in Europe. And I also work for CAE as I'm a training advisor based in CAE Brussels. And we know he's a young man because he called it the Boeing 717. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So thank you all for joining us. Um, The first thing I'd like to get to sort of right off the bat, and maybe Caroline, you can help us with this one. Um, You know, we're all feeling anxiety right now. How does... um, how does anxiety manifest itself? Is it the same for everyone? Um, you know, how do we recognize the signs of anxiety? Well, to start with, we could uh, describe anxiety actually as a kind of a reaction of an organism, being a human being or, or uh, an animal, eh? to a threat, an outside threat. Now, um, this threat is, can be real, which is evolutionary based, of course. 
uh, like for instance, thousands of years ago, we had to protect ourselves from predators uh, uh, outside in the environment. Um, but this threat can also be something that we perceive or something that we even anticipate, so which is not really there at the moment, but which we think will probably occur itself within a certain uh, time frame. Now, um, when we talk about anxiety, we also have to talk a little bit about the syndrome or the symptoms that it generates. We call it the gas syndrome or uh, the general adaption syndrome. Um, now, it's actually on different levels that it manifests itself. Eh? So we see some effects in the body. Eh? People uh, start to sweat. Uh, people start to shake. Uh, they have uh, shortness of breath or they have like a really dry mouth, for instance. We can see effects also on, on a more of a, a behavioral level where people start to become a little bit moody. Um, and then also we have uh, the level of the mind. Eh? So we notice that yeah, your short-term memory doesn't work very well. There is a reduction in focus. Um, and above that, we also have to notice that there is an effect on the performance level. So that is one of the main important areas. Eh? So people who have a high amount of stress or who are very understressed, they actually have really poor performance. So to be able to perform well, you need this minimum or this medium amount of, uh, of stress in your life. So maybe I'll turn to uh, Renault and Mark. Um, with that definition of anxiety, have you guys ever felt that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think for me, it comes from the fact that, you know, every time you go to the simulator, uh, you are being assessed. So you go to the simulator when you do a selection for an airline, which is, of course, a bit stressful because you want the job, right? Uh, or you go to the simulator every six months to revalidate your license. And that's also a bit stressful because you want to keep your license. You want to keep flying. So I think in the end, because we assimilate simulator as something stressful, because there is a, a stake behind it, uh, you, you just become anxious. And I think it's normal. It's, it's, you know, it's linked to, to, yeah, to the sim being a tool to assess pilots at the end of the day. So I think maybe to... to for it to be a bit less stressful, what I try to do is to see it as a training rather than a test, you know? I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it, but um, I will also take as much uh, instruction and, and as much advice from the trainer like Mark, uh, and I try to turn it into something positive rather than something really stressful in my mind. And Mark, I guess that uh, you're in an interesting one in that you probably feel anxiety, but you also have to ease anxiety in um, the people that you're working with uh, uh, in training? Yeah, it's, a, it's the same for me, actually, after 25 years in aviation, which means that at least I did 50 check rides or sim assessments. So even after the 25 years, I still, when you go to the simulator, you still think like uh, you want to impress the guys or you don't want to make any mistakes, uh, but everybody makes mistakes, so it's logic. But uh, yeah, as a trainer, then on the other side, we, we try to ease down the, the people in front of us. So when they come in, you know, we, we try to go for a coffee just to calm them down, speak a bit about their life, their position, even the hobbies, or just to talk about something else so we don't only get them in the stress mode. But uh, I think everybody um, still has stress when they come to a simulated session. And I think for myself, uh, you know, I, I certainly don't operate uh, an aircraft or anything, but I've certainly, based on your definition, Carolyn, 
have uh, felt anxiety. Um, is it normal to feel anxiety? Is it normal for someone at some point in their lives, and probably especially now, to be a little bit anxious? Yes, of course, it is really normal. Eh? Anxiety or anxiousness and fear actually are all evolutionary-based emotions or feelings, and the function of those was prevent us from, from danger. Eh? So actually, those are adapted behaviors to prevent danger from happening to us. So it's very normal to feel fearful or to feel anxious in, in specific situations, yes. So if we start from the premise that it is... Um a normal feeling. Um, I think already that will help people say, okay, it's normal to feel anxious. So I think that's, uh, that's a good thing. Um, if someone's uh, anxiety gets the better of them, um, and I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but if someone is too anxious, what uh, can the effect on performance be? Well, what we've seen is that but I said before is that either too low of an anxiety or stress or too high of an anxiety or stress will have a negative impact on performance. So, and this can come on, on different levels. So people start to think like, okay, this is going wrong. I don't feel well. My heart starts racing. Um, I, my thoughts are racing all over the place. Um, I, I have these feelings. I can't control them. And this is when things start, start to get actually out of hand. So it can have an impact on performance. And like I said before, we need to have a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of stress to have this optimum level of performance. So actually, feeling anxious and feeling stressed is not all that bad. It is just how much of it is there. Okay, so it's the quantity. So Mark, if I turn to you then, um, I, I would imagine with so much experience, you're able to see someone who, uh, even after the coffee, after the quick discussion, is, uh, you know, gets into the sim and is still quite anxious. What are some of the, uh, the errors or the, the things that you see happen when someone is, uh, is anxious? Is it, is it, you know, big things? Is it just small things? Is it lack of attention? What would you say you see in the sim when someone's uh, too anxious? I think um, most of the time people get anxious and then they start to forget even the smallest uh, things which they would never have on, on the real airplane. And because of that, they, they think like, oh no, I made this mistake. And so they, they stay in their mistake. And that's the, the biggest thing I see in the simulator is when people should get over it. You know, you make a mistake like we do every day and you just forget about it and you go on to the next thing. But uh, some people, because they're anxious, they really stay and they say, oh, no, I made this mistake. Did the instructor see this? What am I going to do now? Am I going to fail instead of saying, okay, let's go over to the next exercise? And I think that's the way to cope with the simulator because it's like a normal flight. Everybody makes, uh, during, even during a normal flight, that's why we are too. We, we all make small mistakes. So, Carolyn, is it normal for small errors to compound when, when you're not, you know, at optimal performance, whether it be from anxiety or, uh, or something else? Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. That's what, what Mark said before. Those things can happen. And, yeah. Yeah. and Renaud, I saw you nodding your head. And I'm wondering from your perspective, has there ever been a time when you've sort of gone into the sim and you, you're, you're feeling a little bit anxious and then you make that one first little 
you know, mistake and you're like, oh no, what's the, what do I do next? You know, and maybe you've had an experience like that you could tell us about. Yes, of course. I think it's, yeah. Uh, once you make a mistake, it stays, it keeps a little part in your brain and it kind of still drives your attention to the mistake rather than what you're supposed to be doing next, right? So it actually affects your capacity negatively, I would say. And I've definitely made it myself and seen it before. So I think it's very important, like Mark is saying, but of course, it's, it's more easy to say than actually doing it. But it's really important to try to do it, that when you do a mistake, you say, okay, I've done this. That's fine. Uh, everyone does mistake, like Caroline and Mark are saying. Now on to the next task and let's completely forget about it. But that's a very difficult thing to, to, to do, actually, because obviously you want to do well. You want to impress the trainer. Uh, you want to just pass your check. And when you do a, a mistake, you think, okay, it starts to go wrong. But it's not. It's normal to make mistakes. And Mark, from your perspective, because we've said a, a couple of times now, you know, the, the idea of wanting to impress your trainer. Um, I would think, and you can completely correct me if I'm wrong, that as a, as a trainer, as an instructor, you're probably actually more impressed with someone who admits a mistake and moves on than someone who you can see continues to try and um, manage the mistake. Yes, exactly. I think um, we as trainers, we know that people are like at 80% of their normal capabilities because they are in a different environment. They are checked uh, people are looking at their hands so people don't perform as they normally do and uh, yeah as a trainer or as an examiner i would be exactly i would be more impressed by somebody admitting to make the mistake and moving on and not trying to hide it from us because yeah we're trained for that we see it anyway so you <laughs> you cannot hide anything anyway but we're not there to to find your mistake we just want to see you make a safe operation so if you make a mistake like in a normal airplane we just move on and, and you try to keep the whole environment safe and that's what we want to know if the guy is safe or the girl of course yeah. that's the most important thing for us as a we're not there to fail anybody and to say like ah oh, you made this mistake or you went a bit too high on that that's not our problem we just want to see you operating the airplane in a safe environment is it safe to say then that going into a simulator is really a collaborative effort between, you know, the pilots who are being um, examined and the examiner? Yeah, I would go even further. What I try to do is I try to play it as uh, neutral as I can to make the people feel that it's a normal flight and not add uh, extra failures or anything like that. We just want you to, to behave like in a normal airplane. And not being in a simulator. Right. And uh, Carolyn, coming back to you, um, does pride play any part in all of this? You know, yeah. you know, when we make a mistake, we all want to, you know, we trip, fall, and we do the funny dance saying, oh, yeah, I meant to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, um, how does that play into it? And how does one get over, knowing that pilots are very proud of their profession, very proud people to start off with, I think it's fair to say. Um, what what's the psychology behind or what suggestions you have to say okay it's okay to say this happened it wasn't what i should have done and i'm gonna move on well indeed what you say is correct this this kind of acceptance is not always really easy you have to know that pilots or being a pilot is 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 a job that is scrutinized the whole time uh, constantly checked um there is also a lot of expectation from them you have a lot of uh, uh, reliability 
that you need to have. Um, people expect a lot from you. Um, so all these things actually play a huge role in the building up of this kind of persona that, 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 uh, that people have around them. Eh? So, and not being able to make mistakes um, is, yeah, is, is sometimes it can be a little pitiful. And that's the way just trying to accept that we are all human and that we can make mistakes is, is the first step into just breaking down this kind of persona around you and just showing that, yes, indeed, yeah, you are not as perfect as you think you are. So, and that's what everybody has. So. And I guess the idea of we all learn from our mistakes, there's important, you know, in, in a sim session, even if it doesn't go well, right? You still leave there with a learning. You still leave there with a certain amount of experience, I would imagine. Renu, I see yeah. you shaking your, uh, shaking yeah, your head. Yeah, exactly. That's really what I'm, that's, that's my personal trick. I don't know if it works for everyone, right? But that's my trick to reduce my anxiety level before a sim is to say, you know, whatever happens after this sim, I will have learned something and I will have improved myself and improved my operations and my standards. So I try to see it as a training. And as Mark was saying, uh, also, a very powerful thing to, to do is to just pretend you are in the aircraft and not in a simulator. So you just step in the simulator and you tell yourself, right, now I'm on the plane. Whatever is being thrown at me, I'm just going to deal it the same way as I would do if I was sitting in a real airplane. And, and with that, of course, you can accept to make mistakes because everyone makes mistakes like Caroline is saying. So, yeah, I think all those little things, if you think about it, actually, I think it will help reduce your anxiety. Mm -hmm. And um, as people are now, we've mentioned that there's a lot of pilots who will be coming back to training um, as they prepare to go back to work as airlines um, start operating again. Um, I think people might think, oh, you know what, I'm anxious because I don't have confidence or I'm, uh, I feel less capable than I did, you know, three months ago when I was flying regularly. Um, how do you suggest people deal with that, uh, Caroline? But what is very important is, um, well, like Renaud said, what are your thoughts about yourself? Eh? Try to defy those thoughts. If you think, I am less capable, are you really? What other situations were you placed in that you were capable of dealing with and, and making a good end? So you have been in those situations before and you did make a good end of it. So it was positive. So why couldn't you do it right now? That's a really important one. Eh? It's, it's the cognitive side and, and the mental aspect of those things. Very important, on the other hand, are the five Ps. Yeah? So prior preparation prevents poor performance. So make sure that you prepare yourself for all the necessary situations that can happen. Um, and if you don't feel well in advance, well, go to the simulator, uh, do a, a ride by yourself uh, before your actual exam so that you just can familiarize yourself again after this period with the simulator, with the environment, so that the context in itself will not have a negative mm -hmm. effect on your performance. And so, Mark, what do you think good preparation for, uh, you know, coming into the sim? And Renault as well, you can jump in. But what would you say is good preparation beforehand, um, especially if you've been out of the flight deck for a long time? I think uh, the best thing that you can do is... Uh prepare yourself by looking at your procedures and um, maybe not wait for the last day to do it because, uh, you know, otherwise it goes into short-term memory. It's better to prepare yourself every week or read a bit about the airplane, read up 
and not um, going to the simulator unprepared, which means most of the companies, they give you exactly what you um, should learn. So you can cope with that and, and see that uh, you review it not one day, but just uh, keep it in your long-time memory by looking at your books uh, every week. And Renault, actually, I know that you were flying yesterday for the first time yes uh, in in quite a bit of time so it relates well to (laughs) (laughs) yeah um what was it uh was there i know that you flew quite some time ago now but what was it like what was it like going back did you have any anxiety about going back flying and once you were there what was you know was it the same as uh what you did a few months ago yeah, exactly. So, so my last flight uh, dates back from March uh, before lockdown and coronavirus happened. And uh, then I had a flight that was planned actually the day before yesterday. And I thought, you know, my God, I haven't been in a flight deck for four months. How is it going to look like? How am I going to perform? So the good thing is that I had a sim, a simulator actually the day before that, not as an assessment, but as a uh, a recency sim to just improve your recency and to make you, uh, you know, current with the operations again, etc. And actually, I was so surprised that my flight went really smooth. Um, I thought I would really struggle. And, and so that's also maybe a little message I want to put out there is that maybe pilots will think it's going to be really bad when they come back into the simulator, etc. But actually, it isn't because you've spent so much time learning all these things. I think they are really well, uh, you know, present in your mind. So when I came back to the flight deck, it was as if I flown the day before almost. So I didn't even feel slow or actually it was all very natural. So it was a really positive experience. So if you were confident in March, a good, confident, well-trained pilot in March, when you're heading back to the simulator or back flying as you did yesterday, Renault, mm-hmm. is there anything to worry about? Am I still the same confident pilot I was in March? I think yes. I think, of course, you have to do a bit of your homework, right? You can't really spend four months completely disconnected from it all. I think you, you have to go back into your procedures, you have to read, etc. A decent amount of effort needs to be done, otherwise your knowledge will fade. That makes sense, right? But if you do that, it will be absolutely fine. So yeah, of course, you are as capable now in, Ju- in July sorry, than you were in March. You just need to keep your knowledge a little bit up and that's it. And Caroline, what do you think? Is it uh, if you were confident back then and you felt good about it then, even if you're feeling some anxiety today, I would imagine you're going to go back and be the same pilot you were back then. I completely concur with Renault, indeed. And feeling this anxiety, all right, it is as it is. It is there. Accept it, acknowledge it, and go on. Make the best out of it. So why should you be less confident all of a sudden? Yeah, I also agree, but it's more like riding a bike. It's like, you know, you can fall with the bike, but you just go back on the bike and start riding it. So it's not like a a different uh, thing that you, it's nothing new. You've been doing it your whole life. So it comes back very quickly. The reason I asked the question, and Caroline, Caroline, maybe you can uh, expand on this, is that I think that when you lose your job, when you may have difficulty or you're worried about where your next paycheck is going to come from, um, you see the state of the airline industry right now is not particularly strong, although it's coming back. These are things that can erode your confidence outside of being a pilot, right? These are just your, your fundamental needs that you're now worried about. So 
is there an erosion of, of confidence or does that anxiety build on so that now you do have uh, a bigger worry about going back to work, which ironically is probably the cure to, to most of it? Yeah. Well, actually, you, you actually gave the answer eh? because being aware of that, of the fact that you have an erosion on those pillars in life, your job, your income, um, those things, being aware of it and knowing that stress is cumulative, that it can build up. If you know this, you, you can prepare yourself and you can say, okay, now I feel a bit more stressed, but probably this has to do with the fact that, yes, indeed, I haven't been working or, or I have been um, worrying about the bills not being paid. So know this in advance and know that this can be a kind of a baseline from which to start on. And yes, this stress is there, okay, and you will try to do your best to prepare yourself for whatever lies ahead. So try to keep that confidence. Eh? By losing your job, you do not become a bad person or, or all of a sudden a, a person who has, who has no skills or, or, or qualities anymore. That's something to keep in mind. And, and certainly not in this instance, right? There's nobody who could have uh, predicted. It's not anybody's quote-unquote fault that they are today out of work. It's, uh, it's a huge thing. Um, so... Just to recap a couple of things. We said that one, anxiety is completely normal. So that anybody who's feeling it right now, um, it's, it's the right, it's not the right thing, but it's certainly normal. Um, you know, going into the simulator is really a collaborative thing. It's not a, it's not a matter of, uh, you know, someone who is out to get you. It's really, you know, working together to, uh, to get um, through it. We've said that, you know, you should always remember that uh, you're as good a pilot today as you were back then. Um, and we've talked about being prepared to come back, whether it's to the simulator or to work. Um, now, if I'm doing all those things and I'm still anxious and I'm going into the sim, let's say, in a few days, what are some of the coping me mechanisms that each of you uh, would suggest um, for for uh, pilots who are listening to us. So, Caroline, maybe we'll uh, start with you. Well, what helps with me personally, for instance, is just breathing. You have a breathing technique where you focus on four counts breathing in, keeping your breath for four counts, and six counts breathing out. The fact that you focus on your breathing keeps your mind away from thinking negative thoughts. And on top of that, the breathing actually makes yourself a bit more uh, at ease and, and more comfortable in this situation. That's, for instance, one, mm -hmm. one solution that, uh, that could work. And maybe I'll just ask you about uh, knowing your triggers. I think that uh, being, we talked a little bit about being self-aware. So what are, how do people recognize their triggers? Indeed, by being self-aware, by knowing. <laughs> if you have been in this situation before, um, what, what happened to you? Uh, what was the trigger? So the trigger can indeed be, for instance, uh, the simulator center where you go to, okay, if this is a trigger for you, pass by it before you have your session. That's really important. And, and actually knowing your triggers is, is actually maturing also towards yourself. So knowing what, what will set this, this, uh, this stress reaction off with yourself. Right. And uh, Renaud, what are some of the mechanisms or the coping mechanisms that, uh, that you would suggest to, uh, to those listening to us? 
Yeah, so I think, uh, first of all, as we said, it's perfectly natural to have anxiety building up because as we mentioned before, it can be also for personal reasons. You know, you have a mortgage on your house, you're scared to lose your job, For also you have your family to take care. Uh, so there's a lot of things that can make the anxiety build up. But I think what can also relieve you from the anxiety build up is to speak up. So to accept it for yourself, to, to realize that you're anxious, to accept it, because sometimes I think some people see it as a, a bit, um, they, they are a bit ashamed of being that nervous and anxious, right? It, there is a bit of a shame component, but I think you have to, to avoid that and to speak up and also to speak up possibly to your airline because many airlines and mine uh, has that absolutely in place. They have some programs that you can follow if you believe you are too anxious before a sim. They will help you. They will give you a sim with a trainer for three hours for absolutely free just to, to pretend that it's a test and to, to see how you get on. Uh, you know, all kinds of things that they can do to actually support you. So I think speaking up accepting your anxiety and telling someone is very powerful in reducing your anxiety. So that's how I would do it. And I think that's a very good point is uh, we've been talking within CAE an awful lot, providing resources of, you know, whether it be online or through employee assistance programs, as an example. Um, and reaching out to those is not a matter of, as you say, shame or weakness, I would say. I think it's actually a sign of strength and being self-aware that you need that help. Um, Mark, uh, on your end, what would you, uh, what would you suggest to people? My suggestion is what I think what I do myself is, um, yeah, of course you need to prepare the sim, but you also need to get away from the sim, which means go do your sport. If you play golf or tennis or do something to, to put your mind away from the simulator. So, and then you get, try to get a good rest. And uh, what I suggest to most people is um, try to find your uh, second pilot where you're working with your captain, your first officer, uh, talk together already about the sim, prepare the sim even together so you already know each other. And then if you have any doubts, any questions, you really need to ask those questions because what I see is also some people, they, they have a question, but they're afraid to ask the question because they think like, oh, they're going to think, uh, I don't know that. But it's not that. It's also because you're anxious and, and you forget some small things and you're not sure anymore how it works. So speak up. And, and before you go into the simulator, your mind needs to be clear. You have time enough to, to ask your questions, do everything. So don't stay with your mindset in that uh, thing you forgot. I think people will be happy to know that, uh, especially from you, Mark, that you know, there's an openness to questions, that there's, you know, an openness to making errors is normal, um, and that it, it, it should relieve, in my estimation, a certain amount of the anxiety that people might uh, feel as they, uh, as they go on. Um, the other thing I recognize is uh, CAE has just learnt, launched um, a new pilot platform called Airside, so there's a ton of content uh, that will be uh, on, that, um, on that platform that will, uh, you know, hopefully uh, be of interest to pilots, especially uh, at, this, uh, at this time. Um, but it's very rare that they have a panel of experts uh, such as yourselves at their uh, disposal. So I wanted to just do one last round, some final thoughts um, on, uh, on this uh, return to training, going to the sim, return to work. 
Um, you know, just some final thoughts. And maybe, Renaud, I see you nodding your head uh, I'm nodding again. my head. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I know, I know that uh, you're always very, uh, you're very eager and you're a fountain of knowledge. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll start with you for some uh, final thoughts. Yeah, so I think the main thing to remember from this podcast is, as we say it all together, that we are as capable now as we were four months ago. So first of all, accept that. Uh, also, you know, in terms of anxiety, just accept your, your anxiety, speak up if it's going to a level that you, that you think is going to reduce your performance is the main thing. And also one thing that I was thinking before that I didn't say yet, um, I think when I started my career, I was much more nervous for a sim because I was preparing the sim as if I would be alone in the sim, if that makes sense. So I was there in front of my iPad and in front of my books. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do if this happens? And what am I going to do if that happens? And actually, at some point, I told myself, but Renault, you're stupid. It's a crew exercise. If there is a thing that you don't know, well, there's the captain next to you and he knows, or we, you will find a, uh, a solution to the situation together, right? So also because you are often alone preparing a sim, in your head, it's almost like you will be alone in the sim with the trainer behind you watching you. But actually, it's a crew exercise. So again, you are two brains in front. And if you're stuck personally on something, well, you ask your colleague, you say, sorry, I forgot about that. What is it again? Oh, yeah, okay, let's move on, you know? So that's also a trick that I used to, to, to reduce my anxiety level, to just remember that it's a crew exercise and not something directed at you personally, if that makes sense. And it's interesting that you should say that in a lot of ways, because isn't that what you would do during a flight? If well, yeah, exactly. You, you would turn to your crew member and exactly. say, hey, you know, what, what do we do now? Kind of an idea. Yeah, so. exactly. So that's the trick. You have to treat a sim exactly like a flight. You have to forget that there is Mark behind you watching you, and you have to just do what you would do on a normal day, and that will go absolutely fine. But Mark looks like a nice guy. He doesn't look like a particularly stressed uh, or st stress-inducing <laughs> type of a person. <laughs> Mark, what would you uh, give as your uh, final thoughts? I think uh, what Renaud says is quite right. You really have to be a team in the simulator and work together. And uh, what I even try to do when I sit in the front, when I'm the captain, is when the first officer says something, I try to, to motivate him and say, okay, yeah, that's a really good idea. Just so he speaks up because if they, maybe I made a mistake and he saw it, but he's, He's afraid to tell me, so really speak up in the sim. Don't be afraid. Just pretend we are not there. And the second thing is, we are absolutely not there to fail you. That's what I meant earlier when we say well, you want to have the airplane be a safe operation and land safely, and that's all we're looking for. It's not uh, finding the small mistakes. That's not our job. Which, again, is a lot like a regular flight. Exactly. It yeah. should be a regular flight. And uh, Caroline? Your final thoughts? Well, I would just say, trust yourself. Eh? The majority of us have been in, in similar situations before. You did, it well, you did it well back then, so why couldn't you do it right now? And that's really important. As human beings, you are very adaptable and we're very flexible, so just trust that. And I think uh, great, great advice all around. Caroline, Mark, uh, Renault, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the CAE Pilot Podcast. I think um, you've given, uh, you've given uh, pilots out there and our listeners a great deal of very useful information to prepare um, for their return to work and the return to the sim if necessary. And uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Patrick, for having us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. CAE Pilot Podcast is brought to you by CAE, the global leader in training for the civil aviation, defense and security, and healthcare markets. For more information, check out CAE.com.